marketing podcast from Said Business School, Oxford University, and Kantar, the data insights and consulting company. In each episode, we speak to industry leaders about the big issues in marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. I'm Tara Prabhaka, Global Director, Client and... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Fact at Canto. Welcome everyone, this is Tara Prabhaka, and I'm in conversation today with David Wright and Colleen Krieger, who are joining us from the UK and from South Africa on this conversation about conversational AI. Uh, David and Colleen will be talking to us today about uh, the use of conversational AI in research and uh, also more broadly, and what the future holds in this particular space. Welcome, David and Colleen. Hello. Thank you, Tara. So David, um, you're the global person from the Kanta operations team and uh, leading this work stream on conversational AI. Colleen, you work with clients as well in the space, as well as in the development of new chatbots with the global innovation team. I'm hoping that the conversation today will help a lot of us who have heard the buzz around conversational AI and chatbots understand what's happening in the space and what to look forward to. All right, so let's get started by understanding this whole Cantor journey in the chatbots uh, space, David. Could you tell us a bit about how it all started? The research into chatbots and conversational AI started about four years ago, and really I was just interested in how people interact with software. And at the time, the way that was occurring was Siri had just been launched on mobile phones and Google Search had just introduced its voice search services. So people were able to search just by talking to to Google. So really it just started as an interest in how those interactions could look like. At the time when we did the research, we really found that brands were struggling to be part of that ecosystem because it was so heavily controlled by Apple and Google. And really the research was trying to find what is the place for brands in this world and during the research, Facebook opened up its platform for chatbots. So it really was almost the answer that brands could take part. They could create chatbots and they could create their own experiences. And I think that was four years ago. And all of a sudden, the entire area exploded, probably driven by Facebook, to where most brands, or particularly large brands, are experimenting with conversational services. And so for Kantar, we wanted to be part of that wave. So we started with that initial analysis. And what we found was chatbots are actually a great way of doing research because we're 
bringing those human and empathetic elements back into research by making the dialogue first person and it feels like you're talking to someone and it really opens up a lot of research doors. I'm interested in what you said at the end about, you know, bringing back empathy to the way we do this research. And that to me suggests that the frame of reference then is the survey research, how chatbots actually allow us to go beyond the almost impersonal nature of surveys and bring a bit of conversation into that whole process. Is that right? When you create a Facebook chatbot, it almost forced us to create a persona. When you create a chatbot, you create a page and you have to create an identity for it. So in a way, it almost forced us to look at persona as a way of conducting research. But what we found was by doing that and having a persona and having first-person language and trying to make it feel like a chat and not a survey, that we really managed to get an empathetic response and respondents enjoyed the experience of doing the research because it felt like a chat. And I think that was almost our starting point with conversational research. I think we find it's very persona-driven and we're still learning ourselves in terms of what is the best sort of persona to conduct research. But yeah, it's like a really cool and valuable technique. And Carleen, in your work with clients, give us some idea of what that experience is like in actually using this on client work. I've been involved in a number of chatbots for clients. And once the client gets excited and see the value that the chatbot brings, mm. they basically bitten. Um, we've just done a paper at the IIEX on a chatbot we've done called Serena. And I actually had a conversation with a client yesterday where she wants to take the same chatbot and apply it to a different category. I think what clients get excited around is the richness of response we get. Um, David mentioned that we use a persona and we use open questions and we have really have a conversation. What we find is that the responses we get to our open questions are uh, quite rich with a lot of detail. People tend to to share with the chatbot almost like it's a personal conversation because it is a personal conversation. And we then analyze it in ways that are a bit different to how we would usually analyze quantitative data. So my experience is that um, clients who are open to innovation are very excited. And once they've done one bot, they're very keen to do more. And it does seem like, you know, the conversation around bots and what bots can do has evolved in, in the last few years. What would you say, David, are the big advancements in this space in using bots and research? It's really the chatbots are getting more sophisticated. So the first step in a way has been creating persona. So that's really given us the ability to connect more with the people we're talking to or our respondents. So we've got a stronger connection. The second wave is really making sure that that conversation is smarter and more aware. So what we find again is if the chatbot dialogue is dynamic, so it can listen and respond to what people are saying, then people are surprised by it and it starts to feel like they are talking to someone. So again, you get even greater empathy and more openness because it feels like someone's being listened to. So I think it's just a natural thing. If you feel that like you're being listened to and responded to, then people will say more. So I think the techniques around doing that, which rely often on AI, but it's also behavioral economics to really open people up. I think those techniques are just getting better, better and better. I think beyond that, it's also about being you know, succinct. So we, when we talk to someone, we, we don't want to waste people's time. So we, we need to make sure 
even though, even if we are probing or trying to understand someone more that we do it in a very efficient way that's where the evolution is really that these chatbots are just going to feel smarter and more natural there's a balance isn't there to keep the conversation natural that that you aren't only talking about task completion but you're also making it enjoyable and at the same time not wasting people's time it reminds me actually of this metric that google has developed the ssa which is supposed to be the sensibleness and specific specificity average i think they called it but it was just about measuring how well chatbots could mirror human conversation they also tested it on human beings to see how specific and sensible human conversations were and found that it was just about 86%, which seemed to indicate to me that there is a bit of nuance and there is a bit of uh, layering, even in human conversations. It's not all task driven. And so being able to mirror that in the way a chatbot engages with, with people would be important to create that naturalness, don't you think? So the, the more natural conversation, the better dialogue, the better respondent experience and the better data that we collect. Certain, I think I mean, that, that area is evolving so quickly. Late last year, OpenAI, which is a which was an Elon Musk-backed AI project, created a system called GPT-2, which was really the ability to write natural, write like a human could. And at the time, they were worried about bringing it out because it would mean that bad actors could use that system to write fake news en masse and automatically and they, they were concerned about it enough to hold back the releasing of the source code but eventually they did and when you, when you read the documents produced by gp2 or similar or these that ai technique you can still pick up it was machine driven so for instance often these systems they forget context they forget what the conversation was and they can you can almost tell they sort of launch at very strange angles into a conversation because they completely forgotten what they just said. So I think that, that is what GP2 was like, slightly blunt and unaware of what was going on, whereas that model is always also has been completely surpassed now by Microsoft, who's created a, a new version, which is infinitely more powerful. And it is starting to get very difficult to discern between what a machine would write and, and what a human would write. But I think that the real challenge is just that main, maintaining context so the chatbot's aware of what it's just said and aware about what even the conversation is about. You know, for us, if it's about shopping, we need to make sure the conversation remains about shopping and doesn't veer off. But those are all the cutting edge techniques that have been worked on. But I think the main thing to notice is just how quickly that's evolving. It's a real battle between the large internet companies now to prove that their AI or AI model is better than the other. And that competitive behavior is meaning that the, the whole field is evolving very, very quickly. I think, Colleen, you mentioned Serena and you talked a bit about where it was used. I remember uh, reading about the IIEX uh, presentation that uh, you made on Serena and it was in the foods category, wasn't it, that you'd, you'd uh, use this chatbot? Our client is a big food retailer in South Africa. They, she had a very broad research question and she was saying that you know the normal data sources that she has is not giving her the breadth and the depth that she needs and it does not giving her a holistic picture over time 
So she challenged us with building a diary bot that um, speaks to South African people for seven days. And uh, she wanted us to employ this bot over a period of a month so she could also monitor time periods and make sure she, she covers different times of the month when people have uh, a lot of money or whether they need to budget and also cover maybe celebrationary occasions. So we had quite a challenge on our hands because on the one hand, we needed to make sure we are extremely engaging. And on the other hand, having a chatbot that asks a lot of open questions means we have a lot of open data that we need to, to analyze. So a number of challenges that we faced. On Serena, Colleen, would you tell us a little bit uh, about what that persona was like and how you arrived there? South Africa is a wonderful country with a rich cultural heritage and a variety of people in our in our country and we only had one bot that we needed to uh, speak to with all of these different uh, cultural groups in a way that was engaging so we needed to think smartly about how we design Serena's personality and persona so we decided to make her a 30 year old woman so that she could engage both with younger customers of our clients brand as well as older ones without um, alienating them. We decided to make her a female, obviously, um, because the client's customer base was skewed towards female. And then we thought about her personality and decided to give her uh, interests. Because we needed to speak to people for seven days, we needed to make sure that she was interesting and that she looked different on different days. Um, and that she had different sides of her that she would reveal. So we designed some interests for her. She was a big dog lover. We showed uh, her dog in some of the visuals. She was obviously a foodie, very interested in food. Um, she loved cooking, so we could show her in a kitchen. So we could show lots of different sides of her personality. In order to be engaging, she needed to be a friendly, warm person. But we also wanted to portray her as a diary coach that makes sure that people give us enough information of the right kind. So she also had a strong side of her personality. So we actually used the, the Camtar Needscope wheel to help us design both the outgoing, friendly side of her as well as the strong side of her personality. And by strong side, actually, what you mean is that, that uh, control that she was able to exhibit in ensuring task completion, right? Absolutely. So definitely using control to make sure that people give us enough information, they, that they give us the information at the right time, and also making sure that throughout the seven days, we show different sides of her personality to keep people engaged. And that to me is, um, is, is really insightful. The fact that like a human interaction, a respondent's interaction with Serena evolves from day to day, and it's not the same as it was on day one, right? Yes, absolutely. So we also used um, dialogue in that way. Uh, for example, not asking questions in exactly the same way. So uh, rephrasing a question that we want a similar answer for, but using the language slightly differently so that it doesn't feel like it's boring. So we used a couple of different ways of phrasing questions, specifically the open questions for, for better engagement. That, that whole variety is just so important when doing a chatbot. It wasn't just the, the dialogue that we had to make sure we varied so we had the you know same question multiple ways but it was also the imagery so when serena would prompt for more information so every three hours it would wake up we would make sure it would wake up and send a different image so it just felt fresh the whole time and then i think even the reward system 
itself was varied as well. So you had a reward each day for completing a number of tasks, but even that reward would change. So like on, on day seven, you'd get double the reward and go into a prize draw. So it always felt like there was something changing or there was some variety to the experience. What's on the control aspect? I think it's a really interesting one for a chatbot, like getting that balance between being friendly and having that control element, because without the control, often we're talking to people who maybe have never done research and very likely have never done diary research before. So that control aspect really gives the user a sort of more comfortable experience in a way, so they know exactly what to do. And we sort of like to reinterpret control as being more like a coach or a digital coach. And I think that idea of having a, a digital coach or one coach who can coach many across the internet is very powerful. And there's lots of examples of that beyond research. It just seems to be a very valid technique. Serena's personality and her, obviously her attractive uh, incentives meant that by the end of our research, we had numerous people who w wanted to still chat to her or who asked her if she was coming back, uh, who were sending her little messages and gifts to say that they missed her. So that was quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, quite interesting. And, and uh, did you do any sort of research on the research itself, which is to see how using Serena as opposed to uh, an ordinary bot or even just our traditional diary method had impacted efficiencies or effectiveness? When we designed her the first time, we did an initial launch to see if, if everything is working and then we were able to make tweaks to improve the engagement and use things like social media posts to make sure we keep the, the audience clear on what needed to be done. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We ran a study in Thailand it was looking at feminine hygiene and it was based off a tracker so the tr tracker was indicating that there was a problem in, in the market and traditional research really wasn't able to find it and I, the client also could not understand where the problem was coming from and we found that using chatbots because again there is that more empathetic element we found we, we got we managed to diagnose the problem very quickly because people were more open and I think that is one area where that persona-led research combined with putting that persona in, into like Facebook Messenger or into WeChat or WhatsApp, I think bringing that authentic chat experience just means that people are more naturally going to be open and used to chatting and, and possibly sharing more than they normally would. So that was one example of where that persona and experience really helped, especially around those more sensitive topics. 
going forward and using this approach more and more, apart from the diary use case, uh, what are the other use cases where you think um, you've seen this be successful? Cantor is busy developing specific smart bots that focus on deep diving on imagery. And this is about understanding shifts related to brand imagery, and it's geared to identify ways that brands can own and grow specific image territories. Um, And then we're also developing um, bots around equity diagnostics, which is about understanding why shifts in brand equity measures are happening, and it's geared to identify um, opportunities to unlock growth. So those are two specific developments that are happening at the moment. Other types of chatbots we're working on, particularly are content testing, so this or content or concept testing. And I think chatbots really work really well. Again, it's that same thing where we test the content that would be used or advertised on social media, and we test it with a chatbot that is all also really part of that social media. So we are creating a Facebook campaign testing that Facebook campaign within a Facebook chatbot is just a great way to do business. And what we actually find is when we use a chatbot, again, we get very system one responses. So if someone sees an ad and they don't like it, they'll tell you in no uncertain terms why. Um, And we often find that it's just that sort of very almost gut reaction to what they're seeing. So very, very, very fast reaction. There are other areas beyond doing text chatbots. We are also doing voice chatbots. And this is where we take research into Alexa or Google Assistant and we find that that works really well as well. We find with voice that people open up even more and the dialogue is even I guess larger in terms of unique words or what people want to say like sometimes three times what you would normally get through a text-based system but that's a new and emerging area and we're still learning learning about it. Another really interesting area is triggers and barriers with chatbots. Again we just find chatbots and this relates to the work that Colleen was talking about are just really good at opening um, people up and getting that, that real detail on people's own words. Um, so I think there's just lots of aspects and, and the final aspect is probably around the CX or CRM space, which is already chatbot heavy, not not research chatbots, but customer service bots. So I think there's real opportunity there and we believe that that area will become more conversational and more slowly move away from I mean, of these 10 things or rate this one to five. We really think it's going to move to where it's people's own words to describe the problem or, or issue. And all that means is that we're relying on the technology to understand and quantify that more. But I think that is where things are headed. And it is actually a very emotive subject, uh, customer experience. So to be able to do this via voice would, I think, massively transform the experience for research respondents. Yeah, definitely. I think with voice, it's just it's just a lot more natural and it's, it's fast. So we have experimented with sort of voiced customer service interactions and it's a very, very promising area. Again, people open up and they share more than they normally would. I think it's really often about a research shift. We have to look at moving from, I guess, a comfort zone where we're able to quantify things easily to this new world where we have to use natural language processing and and these techniques to quantify exactly what people say into something that's reasonable and actionable. And that's really where the the current state of play is. So it's really just trying to use natural language to interpret someone talking in their own voice. Right. And so what would you say are the challenges in the uh, use of or in this evolution of chatbots 
in the market research space. When we use AI, um, it's obviously important to have human interaction as well, because although language models are quite progressed, when you work in different languages and with different cultures and you work with slang and you work with meaning and you really want to understand what people are saying, you need the human in the loop to make sure that the AI has translated open language in the right way. So I think what's, what's interesting is when you when you start working with a lot of chatbot projects, the way that you analyze data becomes a little bit different. In research, we tend to historically keep quantitative and qualitative work quite separate. But we find that when we're working with open data at scale, even with the help of AI, we still need to read through people's stories to add the real meaning and value to our analysis, even though we do a quantitative analysis. So I think it calls for a new way of working with data. Um, on the one hand, using AI, and we have the data scientists that help us get to the right interpretation uh, from a language point of view. But then from a research point of view and bringing people's stories to the fore, it's a new way of combining quantitative as well as qualitative expertise in, in, in bringing quantified data that also tells the human stories in their own word. So I think it's a little bit of a mind shift for a day-to-day -day researcher of working with data in a slightly different way, looking for patterns quantitatively, but then unpacking them in a more qualitative way and bringing the real human understanding to the fore. Because we find, we find that we get the real stories behind why people do what they are doing, why they make certain decisions, why they love certain brands more. It's easy to get uh, carried away with the technology itself and the access that it provides and the data that we collect. But your point really is about then using all of that human understanding equally in analyzing the data and telling powerful stories that make a difference to our clients' business. Absolutely, that's correct. So on the one hand, we need to make sure the AI uh, got the right meaning out of the data. So we, we do, you know, the, the human is involved in that. And then on the other hand, it is really understanding the human condition and unpacking those stories in, in ways that are very meaningful to our clients. If I'm a marketer and I'm listening to this podcast and saying, you know what, I'd like to use chatbots uh, or voice bots in some part of the insights work I'm doing currently. What should I be looking for in, uh, in a market research partner uh, to help me do this most efficiently and effectively? I think the first thing you would look for or maybe ask is really about that persona and what experience someone has got at creating a chatbot that is going to be empathetic with an audience, really just to get that feel for does someone understand that these sort of conversations require a persona that's going to work for the research or the audience that you're talking to. And I think if the agency is not able to answer that question, the risk is you might have quite a blunt instrument in terms of doing your measurements. I think that's one thing you would need to be careful of. I think the second area you would always ask is how is that chatbot going to reach people? So are you intending to have a chatbot that works within like an existing website or are you looking to bring that experience to where people already are. And I think often I think the best answer is that you're trying to bring that research to where people already are. So a chatbot experience is often best where people are already chatting. And I think often we find that if we try and turn one medium, for instance, a traditional survey and add conversational elements to it, we really don't get the full benefit of having a chatbot because people already have that survey context and they already know that they're going to try and answer any verbatim or open question as simply and efficiently as possible. 
Whereas when someone's within a chat framework, it is, it's really easy to open them up and the, the conversation can go on, you know, as, as long as you want. So I think those things are really important to understand. And I think the final point, like Harleen was saying around the natural language processing and being able to do that across multiple markets. So if you're looking to do research, let's say from China to, through to the UK, and you know, very different market markets. The language is very different, and the tools that you would use to analyze and, and understand that are, are very different. So I think getting a real understanding about how an agency can scale that natural natural language understanding is really important. I've seen there are providers that that almost just use the chat interface to have a normal survey. That will not give you the value that conversational AI can actually bring. So as David mentioned, the, the way that you does design questions need to be different. The way that you target people need to be thoughtful. The way that you use persona um, need to be, uh, you know, project specific. So I think we spent a lot of time and have a lot of experience of thinking through what are the elements that really make a difference to get the engagement, to get the real stories that people want to tell us. So. For us, it's not just a, a platform to, to serve surveys. Uh, it's a whole different way of thinking about research from a design as well as an analysis point of view with a richer art that provides us the real human stories. You've been listening to Future Proof. For all episodes and more information, visit Kantar.com or OxfordFutureOfMarketing.com. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.